You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prepare ship for light speed. No, 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 light speed is too slow. Light speed too slow? Yes, we're going to have to go right to ludicrous speed. <gasps> ludicrous speed? Sir, we've never gone that fast before. I don't know if the ship can take it. What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken? Excuse me while I whip this out. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Hello, and welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I am Zave, your host, and today we hey. have two great contestants ready to compete for fabulous prizes and in the process do their part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Are you ready to do your part? Please play along with the contestants while you listen and see what rad prize you would have wanted if you were here with us, saving Generation X from fading into oblivion. We're so happy you've chosen to join us today, and I'm sure you're going to get a nice dose of nostalgia and maybe a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready, let's start the show. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. This episode leans a little towards the younger Generation X members who might be listening. I write episodes with a little something for everyone. But if you know much about metal music and Mel Brooks movies, then this episode is one you might especially like. Especially like. We're going to save Gen X for future generations today with the material we cover with these two Gen X brothers. Brother. Competition is never more fierce than between siblings. So we'll see how this rolls out in this episode. Our contestants today are Jason. Hey, Zabe. It's good to be back. I'm, uh, I'm getting ready to uh, pour out a little can of, of whooping on my uh on my little brother brother <laughs> thanks for coming back jason jason was here <laughs> in our earlier episode versus his buddy jim and uh we're not going to talk about who won that episode jason but we will talk about your opponent today and that is his little brother, brother. jeff jeff thanks for being on the show I'm, I'm happy to be here i'm super excited and we'll we'll see how this goes it's gonna be fun if you're new to the show this is how we play the show is broken up into three rounds the player with the most points after round two goes on to play the bonus round and try and win today's prize. That is, unless the losing player can play spoiler to them and stop them in our final game. We're going to jump right into round one now and get their games rolling. Round one. You know, guys, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the first game of the day. It's a game we call The Facts of Life. In this game, we take the top 10 crowdsourced opinions about a topic and players must compete to identify them on a top 10 list. An incorrect answer gets you a strike and the player that gets three strikes loses the round. The winner of the round will be awarded the power. The power. 
which is in a position that will grant them advantages later in the show. So no points are awarded in round one, but having the power in round two can be a great advantage. We flip the coin backstage to determine who goes first. And Jeff, you won the coin flip. What's up, Metallica? Need a lift? We don't take rides from strangers. I'm no stranger, remember this? Metallica rules! Oh, yeah. Springfield Arena 97, row XX, seat 64. I was about to quit the band when I saw your lighter. You saved me that night. So what are you waiting for? Hop in. Hop in what? Oh, man. Hey, loser. We got a ride from a real fan. I used to sleep with Lars's grandmother. Never listen to our music again. Formed in 1981 in Los Angeles by vocalist and guitarist James Hetfield and drummer Lars Ulrich, Metallica mm -hmm. has been one of the most successful and influential metal bands of the past 30 years. With over 120 million records sold worldwide, their song catalog ranges from speed metal to prog to MTV hits, showing off their talent and diversity as a rock band, as well as being a staple of Generation X music fans worldwide. This episode's Facts of Life list asks you to name the greatest songs by Metallica. All of Metallica's catalog has been voted on by over 70,000 votes, and there is no song of theirs that's off the table. Metallica fans are well known for not being shy about their strong opinions when it comes to this band. So now might be a good time for me to remind the audience that the judges and I did not come up with this list and we are simply the messengers here. You're welcome to share your thoughts on the list on our Facebook group. So tell okay. me guys, what are the best Metallica songs of all time? Jeff, you are up first, my friend. <laughs> okay, for whom it builds holes. For whom the bell tolls, number three on the list. Very good, Jeff. Jason. <laughs> and say, yeah. inner Sandman. Inter Sandman, number five on the list. Oh. No strikes. Jeff, back to you, buddy. One. One. One is number one on the list. Very good. So you have the tiebreaker if it uh, ends up being no, no strikeouts. Jason, back to you. Master Puppets. Master of Puppets, number two on the list. That's his jam right there. Well, he, he loves that song. Jeff, when, tell me a song that you love. You're up. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, hmm, Blackened. 
Blackened, a song about how Lars takes his salmon, if I'm not mistaken. Blackened! And it is number 10 on the list. <laughs> that's, that's one of my favorites. I'm just saying. No strike so far. Is that what it's about? No. How Lars takes his salmon? Blackened! I don't care how he takes his salmon. No. I'm, oh, yeah. Okay. I'm I fairly, con I'm fairly confident that is not how he takes his salmon. I mean, he might. Blackened. That's not what the song's well, about. Well, he's Norwegian, so he probably just. Still no strikes. Five answers remain. Jason, back to you. Sad but true. Mm, that's a good one. Sad but true is number 16 on the list. Ah, that is strike count. one, Jason. Back to you, Jeff. All right. right Unforgiven. There it is. Unforgiven. There you go. Unforgiven, number, on number seven on the list. Thank you. Still no strikes, Jeff. Believe it or not. Jason. I have, keep, I have to keep my mind going. <laughs> after, after five minutes. <laughs> Jason, well, there's like um, 15 albums, bro. I mean, come on. Yeah, there's a lot say, to pick from. 120 million albums sold. I'm going to say one that's really popular because of Cliff Burton. Mm. Uh, Orion. Jason, that is a great poll. That is number eight on the list. Very good. Jeff, back to yeah. you, buddy. Got to pull out another one to avoid a strike. Uh, Only three answers remain. What's your answer? For whom the bell tolls. For whom the bell tolls was already answered by you. That was number three. <laughs> Malfunction. Need input. It's still a good That's answer, though. Whiskey in the jar. I'm sorry, Jeff. Whiskey in the jar did not make our survey. That is your only first strike, though. And you have the didn't tiebreaker. Didn't make survey at all? Didn't, I, I, I only have the top 19 on the list. So let's oh. say it's number 20. It must, been, it must have been number 20. Must have been number 20. Must have been. Clearly. <laughs> Jason, back to you, buddy. There's two I think could be left. Um, how about Ride the Lightning? Ride the Lightning. Number 13 on the list. <clears throat> that is your second strike. Jeff, you're still in control of this game, buddy. You get an answer here, and it's going to be very difficult for Jason to win. I just had it. Give me a second. Uh, hero of the day. Hero or of the hero. day. My list only goes to 19. I think hero of the day was number 20. Is not on the list. I'm sorry. That is your second strike. Jason, right. can you stay alive? A strike here. And Jeff wins. So you need to get on the board. I don't think it's going to be there, but it's one of my favorites. Shortest straw. My list only goes to 19. I think shortest straw was number 20. I'm sorry. That's another that's, strike. That's three tied for 20. Yeah, I'm just trying to make you feel good that you got close. <laughs> I care about your feelings, Jason. That is strike three. That means you strike out. Jeff, you've won round one, and that means you have the power. The power of oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to run down the top 10 lists for the record. 
Number 10 was Blackened. Blackened. Number nine was Nothing Else Matters, which neither of you got. Ah, jeez. Eight was Orion. Seven, Unforgiven, or The Unforgiven, excuse me. Number six was Creeping Death. Oh, Oh, come on. Yeah, you're going to know these as as we go here. Uh, Number five was Inter Sandman, you said. Number four, you did not get, which was Fade to Black. Three, For Whom to Bell Tolls. Two, Master of Puppets. And number one was one. It's like I took the wrong week to quit drinking. Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. I like to ask a personal preference question to have the listeners at home get a better idea of whom they're playing against. And also ask our guests about their Gen X credentials. That is, what, besides being born when they were, makes them qualified to call themselves truly Generation X. This episode's personal preference question is, which is the best Mel Brooks movie and which was the worst? Jason, I'm going to start with you. Welcome to the show. Please tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your Gen X credentials, as well as your personal preference answers. Hey, Zabe. It's good to be back. Uh, I was born in 1973, uh, graduated high school in 1991. I am uh, married with two boys. And um, my Gen X credentials, the first one I thought of was a little embarrassing. Um, We like those. I owned, what's that? We like those. Go ahead. Yeah. Come on. Uh, Let the shaming commence. uh, The We Are the World album on vinyl. Oh, (laughs) I remember that. That is very Uh, generous. But the one I'm going to, the one I'm really going to go with (laughs) is uh, that I saw Wayne's World in the theater 14 times. Wow. Answer the personal preface question. that was that's a really hard one for me because I am a very very big Mel Brooks fan, but I really do think my favorite is Young Frankenstein. Uh, Classic. It's it's excellent, and the it was well written, and you know the fact that he got to do it in black and white and had all the original set from uh, from the Frankenstein movie uh, was just it was brilliant. Um, it's hard for me to say a worst. Life stinks was pretty bad. Silent movie for all its merits with uh, with all the the cameos and everything. I, I didn't enjoy it as much. At least life stinks. I knew a lot of the jokes because he has a not very widespread uh, stand like stand almost stand up uh, video that I saw a long time ago. A lot of those jokes from Life Stinks were in that stand-up set that he did. So, Well, great. Thanks for being back, Jason, and good luck to the rest of the game. And he's playing against Jeff, his little brother. brother. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Jeff. Tell us, the audience, a little bit about yourself and your answers to the questions. I've been, I was born in 76, and my Gen X credentials are that I was the grunge dropout kind of kid. So I got into all the music. Past like 89. Mm, Alice Chains, Soundgarden, all that stuff. Nirvana, not so much. But I was just, I was the guy. I, I, just, I just did what I wanted to do. And I got into the whole culture for the most part without getting my butt kicked by my, uh, my dad. I knew Jason was going Young Frankenstein. I knew 
right off the when I saw that question, I, I knew he was going in Frankenstein, and he knew I was going Blazing Saddles. Mongo only pawn in game of life. Another says, Blazing Saddles to me is very very funny. If you if you see it like four thousand times like I have, you catch certain little things that you didn't see fourteen times ago. Or my worst movie was a silent movie because I can, if I can't get through it. I don't, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> well, Blazing Saddles Did definitely I, has the highest rank uh, movie, in my opinion, uh, as far as something yeah. that they would never in a million years ever make today. That movie Can't is uh, untouchable. No. Well, Jeff, thanks for yeah. being here. And let's get on to round sure. two. Round two. Round two today is a game called It Is Enough. In this game, I will ask a total of eight questions, four to each of our contestants. Points are awarded for each correct answer two points for a complete correct answer, and one point for a partial correct answer, which is up to the judge's discretion. At any time, players can appeal the judge to make a ruling for a partial correct answer and try to make their case through loud arguments. The player who currently has the power gets to choose between two questions to answer. The power also allows one player to know one of the two categories the question falls under, so they can make an educated guess on which question to choose. Players take turn answering questions with the chance to steal if their opponent answers incorrectly. A steal is worth one point, but also steals the power. You cannot lose points for an incorrect answer. However, all questions must be given an answer, no matter how incorrect it might be. So if you don't know the answer, make something up and try and make it entertaining. Jeff, you won round one, so you get to go first in round two. You get to choose between these two questions. Will it be hit the ball and touch them all, a moment in the sun, which is a sports question, or will it be the Doppelganger Duke Boys. The what? The Doppelganger Duke Boys. I'm going to go with the, the baseball one. Okay. Hit the ball and touch them all. A moment in the yeah. sun. The California Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, sponsored by Disney, has had <laughs> many great players during their Gen X timeline. Of these four players, who has hit the most home runs while wearing an Angel uniform? Is it A, Chili Davis? B, Reggie Jackson, C, Tim Salmon, or D, Brian Downing? Tim Salmon. Salmon into deep left field. At the wall, the Angels are back on top. The franchise leader in home runs has never hit a bigger one than that. Tim Salmon is correct. That's two points for you, Jeff. Kingfish is one spot ahead of Brian Downing on the list. But as great as Tim Salmon was, his candy bar was no match for Reggie Jackson's candy bar. The Reggie, exclamation point, was round with a diameter of a baseball that had chocolate, peanuts, and a caramel center. The Salmon, exclamation point, was a ripoff the same size and shape, had chocolate and peanuts, but instead of a caramel center, it had two ounces of Polcott Atlantic Salmon in the center. Mr. October wins again. I'm, of course, joking. There was no Tim Salmon candy bar. Oh, that would be nasty. Oh, I thought there, I thought there was a question. No, that's no, the fun fact right. afterwards. Okay. <laughs> okay, Jason, this question is for you. It's called the Doppelganger Duke Boys, and this is a television question. Following a pay dispute and dissatisfaction with the declining quality of the writing, the stars of the Dukes of Hazard created cousins for Bo and Luke Duke, which were created to take their place. What was the name of the Duke boys' cousins that starred in the Dukes of Hazard from 1982 to 1983? 
This is also a multiple choice. Was it A, Coy and Vance? B, Vance and Roy? C, Roy and Lance? Or D, Blaine and Ducky? Take a stab in the dark and say B. Vance and Roy is incorrect. I'm sorry. Jeff, you have a chance to steal this. Uh, I'll read the answers again. Is it Coy and Vance, Roy and Lance, or Blaine and Ducky? I'm going to go Roy and Vance. Roy and Lance is incorrect. I'm sorry. The correct answer was A, Coy and Lance. Hey, there are going to be some big changes in the Dukes of Hazard this fall. Well, number one, Enos came back. And the Duke boys went somewhere, and we got two new Duke cousins. How about that? Here they are. Ain't they cute? Coy Duke. This is Byron Cherry. Vance Duke. This is Christopher Mayer. Doing? Hey, welcome aboard. Thank you, Thank you much. Did, did you guys watch the show in the old days? Uh... The Dukes of Hazard explained the absence of Bo and Luke by stating that they left to take part of a NASCAR race. A pretty lame explanation, if you ask me. As if Bo and Luke were going to go to a NASCAR race and not bring the General Lee with them. Come on. What if, the, what, if, what if there was a crick that needed to be jumped in order to get to the finish line? What would they do? What made Coy and Lance's season so peculiar is that they were pretty much Xerox copies of Bo and Luke, right down to the looks. The scripts were originally written for Bo and Luke, and there was no real attempt to give them any unique character traits or personalities. Needless to say, viewers were not fond of these doppelgangers who ended up appearing in only 19 episodes. When the dispute was finally settled, Bo and Luke returned from their off-season NASCAR adventure, and Coy and Vance swiftly departed in the same episode. Much like Chuck on Happy Days, Coy and Vance were never mentioned again. It's not likely they would have left for a NASCAR race without Cooter either. Oh, yeah. So there's no points for that question. Jeff, you have two points. Jason has zero. Jeff, you still have the power, Ooh. and you get a pick between these two questions. You're winning, Jeff. You can choose between these two. This question is worth a bajillion points. You have my a word bajillion. on it. bajillion. Okay. And that's a culture question. Mm. Or will it be the cube is love? Culture. Whatever. Okay. Culture. This question is called, this question is worth a bajillion points. You have my uh -huh. word on it. The Gen X timeline had a golden age of television commercial spokespeople. From the Wendy's oh. Where's the Beef Lady and Charmin's Mr. Whipple to the very annoying Encyclopedia Britannica kid. <laughs> this is an era that, thanks to these spokespeople, we would not have fast-forwarded some of the commercials even if we could. Which automaker had a famous fictional spokesman who was known for lying about everything, especially about the products he was pitching, and what was that character's name? So that's a two-parter. So come up with the automaker and then that spokesperson's character's name. It's multiple choice. The multiple choice is for the car manufacturer and you have to give me his name, okay? Okay. Was it A, Isuzu, B, Honda, C, Toyota, or D, Subaru? So Isuzu, Honda. Isuzu, Honda, Toyota, or Subaru? And then you have to tell me the character's name. I don't know. I'm going to pass. Can I pass? Uh, you can tell me. I don't know and have a point taken away. Stay on target. I don't know. Stay on target. You can't say I don't know. Have you ever seen the television show? You can't do that on television. If you say oh, I don't know, it has consequences. 
and you'll get a point taken away. It's up to you, Jeff. You can either guess or say, I don't know. I wanted, I was thinking annoyed because I was thinking you were talking about <laughs> Domino's, right? Yes, Domino's, but, uh, but Domino's no. car brand didn't quite take off, though. I got nothing. Stay, Stay on, on target. target. Just take a guess. <laughs> For the brand and the, the name of the guy? Yes, it's multiple choice, A, B, C, or D, but then you have to tell me the name. C. C is incorrect. Okay. Jason, on to you. Can you tell me that? Can you tell? <laughs> just give me the answer. <laughs> uh, it is A. Isuzu, and his name was Joe Isuzu. The amazing Isuzu iMark, rated one of the best of the best by Car and Driver magazine. It gets 94 miles per gallon city, 112 highway. Its top speed is 300 miles per hour. And Isuzu dealers have millions in stock. So they're selling them for $9. And if you come in tomorrow, you'll get a free house. You have my word on it. That is correct. You've stolen a point what? and the power. The power. I have never, I have never heard that ever. Oh, you have had to have hey, seen Joe Isuzu commercials. Oh, you said Joe Asuzu. If you Google uh, Joe Asuzu, you'll remember Jeff. Uh, yeah. The lovable liar Joe Asuzu was one of the most dishonest, unethical, and successful car salesmen of all time. Yeah. Some of his claims included that the car gets 300 miles to a gallon, cars uh -huh. costing $10.80, and mm -hmm. the cars having more seats than the Astrodome. All while ending his claim with his catchphrase, You have my word on it. From 1986 to 1990, actor David Leisure played the fictional automotive dealer who lied through his plaster-smiled face, turning the modest car company into a household brand name. The character became so well-known that it was parodied and mentioned all over pop culture of the day and even used in David Dukakis's presidential campaign. David Leisure's career fell on hard times right before getting this gig with the Isuzu. When he got the part, he was living in his car, believe it or not, which was a Volkswagen. You have my word on it. It was Joe Volkswagen. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Volkswagen didn't quite have the same pop, I think. <laughs> so that brings the score two points to one. But Jason, you now have the power, and this question's for you. So get this one correct, and you will. Oh, you have the power? He stole yeah. it from you, bro. Whatever. This question is I'm called. I'm here for fun. I'm here for fun. Are you having fun so far? I'm having a blast. Good. Then you're winning. This is super fun. <laughs> This question is called The Cuba's Love, which is a game slash culture question. Jason, this question is for you. The Rubik's Cube is the best-selling puzzle toy of all time and an 80s iconic symbol. It seemed like everybody had one at some point if you were a kid in the 80s. What is the current world record time for solving a Rubik's Cube? And this is a multiple choice. Is it A, 4.22 seconds? B, 6.06 seconds, C, 8.34 seconds, or D, 69 seconds? 69, dude. Um, how about B? B, 6.06 seconds is incorrect. Mm. Jeff, here's your chance to steal this one and regain the power and a point. A, 4.22 seconds. B was already picked. C, 8.34 seconds or D 
69 seconds. 69, dudes! Was it underwater? Uh, not this particular record. Okay. A. A. Water made your mind up for you, huh? Yeah. A, 4.22 seconds is correct. Well done, Jeff. <laughs> you have stolen that question and oh, regained the power. The power what, what, yeah. what was, and you got the power back. What was the record underwater, Jeff? I've, I've seen it on YouTube. This guy underwater. <laughs> oh, done. <laughs> Let me tell you more about some of these world records. Some of the other world records include nine seconds to solve it one-handed. Uh, the youngest to solve it being a three-year-old. Solving while juggling them three at a time. Solving three cubes with hands and feet at the same time at one minute and 30 seconds. The world record holder in 1982 did it in 19 seconds, which is nearly five times longer as today's champion, which is clearly the result of anabolic steroids and juicing the cube. Oh, oh. Oh. I, I never solved the Rubik's Cube until I took it apart. Yeah, you, you, that's the only way I could solve it. Yeah, that's the only way I solved it either. I, I took a butter knife in there and I, took it apart yeah. and reassembled it. Here's the next round of questions. Jeff, you have the power, so you get to pick first, and you can choose right. between these two questions. Will it be either come and knock on our door? We've been waiting for you, which is the no. television question. No. Or will it be merchandising, merchandising, space balls, the trivia question? That's it. That's the one? Okay. Yeah. Believe it or not, this is a movie question. In the Mel Brooks Star Wars parody Spaceballs, John Candy plays a character who is Lone Star's co-pilot, but he is not his best friend. Tell me John Candy's character's name, his race, and who his best friend in the movie Spaceballs was. So it's kind of a rare three-part yeah. question. Somebody go with, his name was Barf. He was man's best friend. Or he was a, uh, a man dog. What, what's the name of the race, though? Man dog. I'm going to stop you right there, Jeff. That is incorrect. Mm. I don't want you to give anything more away to Jason because he gets a chance to steal. Looking out for you. you. So that is incorrect. Jason, you get a chance to steal. Can you get this rare three-part question correct? Yes. His name was Barf. He mm -hmm. was a mog. And he was his own best friend. All three of that is absolutely correct. Yes. Very yes. good, Jason. Mel Brooks stated that he personally obtained George Lucas's full permission to parody any and all things Star Wars related, but on one condition, that absolutely no merchandise of any kind could be produced for the film. This is the reason why all of Yogurt and the Dinks do is merchandising and also why none of the merchandise for the film has ever been mass produced or publicly sold anywhere. Merchandising, merchandising, where the real money from the movie is made. Space Falls the T-shirt. Space Falls the coloring book. Space Falls the lunchbox. Space Falls the breakfast cereal. Space Falls the flamethrower. <laughs> the kids love this one. Okay, so that means the score is three points to two. Jeff, you're still in the lead, but Jason has just stolen the power, the power. and he can take uh, a lead here with this question. It's called. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. It's a television question. In the hilarious TV sitcom Three's Company, the original three roommates are Jack Chipper, Janet Wood, and Chrissy Snow. However, Chrissy Snow was not that character's name at birth. What was the name given to Chrissy when she was born? 
This is a multiple choice question as well for you, Jason. Is it A, Christina Snow, B, Christine Snow, C, Goldie Snow, or D, Christmas Snow? What was Chrissy's full name? Her proper name. A. Christina Snow is incorrect. Jeff, this is a chance for you to steal back the power and add to your lead. A was picked. Christine, so it was a okay. B, Christine Snow. So I, know, I know that okay. she was born in the, 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 the actress was born in the 60s when that yep. show came out. I'm just saying. Okay. So people in the 60s were naming people, all kinds of weird stuff. I'm going with Christmas. D. D, Christmas Snow is absolutely correct. Well done, Jeff. Oh, I don't know how. I, that logic didn't work at all. <laughs> but somehow you got it right. Uh, don't question his methods, wow. Jason, because he's ahead it's of you so, on the scoreboard. There it is. Uh, in one episode, she explains that her name was Christmas because her father was a big fan of Bing Crosby. In another episode, she states that her name is Christmas due to her having been born in December. However, in a different episode, Janet states that Chrissy's birth was in January. In another episode, Chrissy explains that her father named her Christmas because she, quote, Because my dad said that I was the best present he ever got. It's no wonder that every single, yeah, it's no wonder that every single episode of the show centers around some sort of misunderstanding. There might be a little <laughs> bit of, a little continuity issue there. The score is four points for Jeff, two points for Jason. Jason, you need to mount a comeback right here. Jeff has the power. So, Jeff, you can pick between these two questions. Will it be name that auto-tune TV theme song edition? Or will it be, do you like movies about gladiators? That one. The second one. Movie question. Okay. In the 1980 comedy film Airplane, it is a parody of a disaster film called Zero Hour both of which had exclamation points in the title. That movie was written so close to the original that the Zucker brothers had to buy the rights to the movie in order for it to even be made. There are many memorable characters and gags to go around on the ensemble cast. The crew piloting the plane all have three very inconvenient names for the pre-flight instructions. What are the names of the three-person cockpit crew in the movie Airplane? You got me. I don't know. Okay. Are you going to say, I don't know, or are you going to give me an entertaining guess? Because remember saying, I don't know has consequences. Were you going to be the first person on the show for me to take a point away from? Um, Steve, Mary, and Joseph. Steve, Mary, and Joseph are surprisingly incorrect. (laughs) Jason, you have a chance to steal. Can you steal back the power and get a point? Roger. Victor. It's what's your vector, Victor? Yeah, Roger, 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 Roger. <laughs> oh, guys uh, full names. Oh, over. What's your three answers? Is it Roger, Victor, and over? Judges, the judges are informing me that's close enough. What is that? That's the gag, at least. So that's three points to four points. Jeff, you're still in the lead. The answers were Roger I, Murdoch, Captain Clarence, over. And Victor Bassa, I guess it was his last name, but Victor is what we went by in the movie. We would have also accepted Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as one of their names. 
Flight 209er, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Huh? LA departure frequency 123.9er. Roger. Huh? Request vector. Over. What? Flight 209er, clear for vector 324. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Howard radio clearance, over. That's Clarence, over. Over. Roger. Huh? Roger, over. What? Who? Basketball superstar Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was given the role as pilot in Airplane because in Zero Hour, they had an ex-NFL player, Leroy Crazy Legs Hirsch, cast as the pilot. Mm. So that was kind of the inside joke for that. The directing team of Abraham Zucker and Zucker wanted to have an American sports icon featured in the film and opted for Jabbar when baseball legend Pete Rose proved unavailable. I bet you he was disappointed not I to bet. be in the film. See what I did there? See what I did? Yeah. Get it? That's that's a good poll right there. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So that's wow. uh, four points for Jeff, three points for Jason. Going into the last question, it's called Name That Autotune TV Theme Song Edition. This is a head-to-head challenge. For this question, the judges will perform part of a popular Gen X TV theme song, and you will have to give me the title of the show. There's a catch here that the judges are terrible performers. They will also be using a fake British accent to make things sound more confusing and silly than necessary. The lame British jokes will continue in this uh, episode as well. Long-time listeners will fully know why. There will be no hints in this edition, so you just got to listen to them and give me the title. There are a total of three songs with the regular rules applying for stealing the power as well as stealing points. So that means this question could be potentially worth up to five points for one of you. So anything can still happen. Jason, you're only down one point as we go to song number one. So yeah, you have to tell me the name of the show, okay? Okay. And if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, well, you would see the biggest gift would be from me. And the card attached would say, thank you for being a friend. That's uh, Golden Girls. Golden Girls is correct. you five points to four points jeff did you know that one yeah well let's see if you know this one tell me the name of this tv show i've never spent much time in school but i taught ladies plenty it's true i hire my body out for pay hey hey i've gotten burnt over cheryl deeks blown up for a cool welsh but when i end up in the hay it's only hey 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 it's kind of a difficult one do you know it jeff oh one more time, please. Okay, let's see. This one's this one's difficult. Let me get another one. Right. Check of it. Right. I've never spent much time in school, but I taught ladies plenty. It's true. I hire my body out for pay. Hey hey, I've gotten burnt over Cheryl Deeks, blown up for a cool Welsh. But when I end up in the hay, it's only hey hey hey. I know it's not Fresh Prince. It is not the Fresh Prince. It's not Mr. Belvedere, that's for sure. Say, uh, Mr. Belvedere doesn't hire his body out for pay. Hey, hey. Well, he does, like technically he does because <laughs> he's a butler. Yeah. What's uh, your answer, Jeff? Belvedere. Mr. Belvedere is incorrect. Jason, okay. can you steal this question? 
Good times. <laughs> Good times is also incorrect. I'm going to pay, play the original for you and see if you, this sounds familiar. I've never spent much time in school, but I told ladies plenty. It's true, I hire my body out for pay. Hey, hey, I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rockwell Welch. But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. Hey, hey. What is it? Fall Guy. The Fall Guy is correct, but too late. Wow. Sorry. Yeah, that's a good poll. So no points for that question. Going into the final question, it is a one-point game. Jason, you do not have the power. power. Jeff does. You have a one-point lead, though, Jason. So if you get this correct, uh, there's no way Jeff can win. But if Jeff gets it correct, he has the tiebreaker, and he will win. Here we go. This is for the game. Everybody's got a special kind of story. Everybody finds a way to shine. It don't matter. Seriously? Not a lot. So what? They'll have theirs, and you'll have yours, and I'll have mine, and together we'll be fine. What's Different shots. Different shots is correct. You've won the that game. Was the easiest, that was the easiest question in the world, Dave. It on. was easy. Congratulations, Jason. You've won the game. But who was winning the whole damn time? You were winning the whole damn time, Jeff. All right. Jason swooped in at the very end and uh, got the got the win. The so, easiest song in the world. It was an easy question for Jason to get the win, but then the facts alive. I'm not worried about that. Okay. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. It's fun. This whole this whole thing for me was just about to have fun with my brother and you. Great. Have fun. Well, I don't, I don't that's the right care. attitude to have. Well, Jeff, you get a chance to play spoiler for him and to, and rob him from his win in the le- oh, in the last round. I can spoil it. You can spoil it and make him not get a prize. And we're going to do that right after we hear a word from our sponsor. Land of the Lost will return after these messages. Before we play the final round, if you're enjoying the show so far, please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing to future episodes. It costs you nothing to give us a positive review and subscribe, but it would mean a whole lot to me. We'd love to have you as a friend of the show. Thank you. Round three is a bonus prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. Very apt title in this case. In this round, the game's loser can play spoiler to the winner. I will ask the same five survey questions, Family Feud style, to each player in turn, and they will need to respond with what they think is the most popular answer from the Generation X timeline. That's the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via Facebook. The loser gets to answer first with the winner unable to hear their responses. The winner will then have to give their responses to the same five questions and beat the other player's score without duplicating any of the answers. If they get more points, they win the game and go on to claim a chance at their prize. Let me put Jason in the waiting room. Okay, Jeff, I'm going to ask you these five survey questions. You have a manual five-second count. So when I get to a fist here, when I run out of fingers, your time's up. You can pass once. So okay. be sure to use your pass. That's your one power in this game, okay? Yeah. So uh-huh. I'm rooting for you. I don't want to buy Jason anything. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Captain Crunch was a cereal mascot. Name one from a different cereal. Count Chocolate. Which was the best Superman movie? None. Okay. 
Which is your favorite one hit wonder song? Pass. Okay, good, good, good job in the pass. How old were you when you had your first taste of booze? Thirteen. Name a pre nineteen ninety Disney princess. Cinderella. So we're going back to the one you passed on. What is uh-huh. your favorite one hit wonder song? Umbop. Not my favorite, but that's it. Umbop by the Hansons. Yeah. Or Hanson. Hanson, whatever. Okay, we're going to bring Jason back in from the waiting room. Okay, Jay. There he is. I'm going to ask you the same five survey questions I asked your brother, Jeff. You may not duplicate any of his answers. If you do, I'll say try again, and you give me another answer. So you get two passes. So make sure you use your passes. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Captain Crunch was a serial mascot. Name one from a different cereal. Uh, uh, Sugar Bear. Wasn't that your nickname in college, by the way? <laughs> uh, Which is the best Superman movie? Um, Man of Steel. Remember, these are all filtered through the Gen X timeline. Gen uh, Man of Steel wasn't until like 2000s. Yeah. So... Sorry, bud. Yeah. Okay, that's important to know for this next question. Which is your favorite one-hit wonder from the decades? Um, Dexy's Midnight Runners. The name of that what? song is. Um, Come on, Eileen. There you go. How old were you when you had your first taste of booze? Oh, fourteen. That's not when I had my first days of booze, but that's <laughs> Remember, your parents are listening to this episode. Well, my parents already know because it was my uncle that gave me a when I was like eight. Exactly. Yeah. Name a pre-1990 Disney princess. Snow White. Oh. All right, guys. Let's go to the scores. I asked you, <laughs> Captain Crunch was a serial mascot and name one from a different cereal. Jeff, you said Count Chocula, which was the number two answer worth 32 points. Very well. Um, Very good. Jason, you said Sugar Bear did not make the survey worth zero points. It's like, call Sugar Bear, bro. Huh? Sugar Bear, there's Sugar Bear. From, from, uh, yeah, there was Sugar Bear, but they had no name. He was yeah. just on the he was on the box. Yeah, no he, name. He had no he had a name. It was called Sugar Bear. <laughs> he wasn't very prominent. His name wasn't very prominent. The number no. one answer was very prominent, and that is Tony the Tiger was number one. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, you robbed me of it of an ability to say I, that I, answer was great. I, Going to question two. <laughs> the score is 32 to nothing. Jeff's favor. I asked you mm-hmm. which was the best Superman movie. Jason, you said Man of Steel, which was not in the Gen X timeline that cost you, uh, did not make it the survey, worth zero points. Jeff, you said none. You said none of the Superman movies are any good. And that resonated with the Gen X crew that answered this question. That was the number four answer worth 12 points. So the score is 44 to nothing. The number Mm -hmm. one answer for the Superman question is Superman 1, Superman the movie. 
Jason, you're down 44 <laughs> points with two questions down, but don't worry, anything can still happen. Which was your favorite one-hit wonder? Jeff said Mbop from Hanson, which was not a Gen X song with zero points. Jason, you said Come On Eileen by Dexy's Midnight Runners, which was the number one answer worth 37 points. So you're climbing back in. The score is 37 for Jason, 44 for Jeff. I asked you, <laughs> how old were you the first time you tasted booze? Jeff, you're going to hate this answer. Uh, you said 13. Yes. And nobody replied with 13 as their first time of having booze. So that is worth zero points. Jason, you said 14, which happened to be the number one answer, worth 30 points. Yeah, J Jeff, you got screwed on that, man. 13. Number one answer was 14. Number three answer was 15. Number five answer was 12. So they went all the way around it. That brings the score 67 for Jason, 44 Please. for Jeff. And here's the last question. I asked you, name a pre-1990s Disney princess. 24 points separate you two. Jason, you answered Snow White, which was the number two answer worth 24 points, bringing to a grand total of 91 points. Jeff, you need 47 points to win. I got it. You said Cinderella. Cinderella was the number one answer. It needs, oh. to, be worth, it needs to be worth 47 points though. Cinderella is worth so they said. 32 points. I'm ah. sorry, Jeff. So close. <laughs> that means Jason, you have won. You've won the game, and that means you get to go on to claim a chance at the prize. Congratulations. Yeah. I want a rematch. <laughs> well, Jeff, you were <laughs> unable to play spoiler tonight. That means we go on to the prize vault for Jason. Let's check it out. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. The Shoppers Bazaar segment is a throwback to the old Wheel of Fortune prize vault, where the winner gets to claim a prize from the showroom. However, we are not Wheel of Fortune, and we can only offer a chance at a prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. I will place a minimum bid on the listing of the winner's choice until I am the high bidder. If that bid holds up to the end of the auction, then I will buy the item for the winner and have it shipped out to them at no cost to them. So let's go to the prize vault. Is there a set of matched luggage? <laughs> Is there a ceramic dog? <laughs> So Jason, you can choose from the following. Your choice of either Garbage Pail Kids sticker Junkie Jeff or a card featuring Basin Jason. You can pick the world's second easiest Rubik's Cube that has only four cubes per side instead of nine. The only easier one has one cube per side, but I cannot find that on eBay for some reason. A campaign button that reads, George Bush is the Joe Isuzu of American politics. That quote was, of course, from Michael Dukakis' campaign. Uh, wow. It, it's for wow. sure a good line, but Dude, how'd that, how'd that that's, work out that's for you, Mike? Old, that, that's old school right there. Yeah, it sure is. A vintage full-size movie poster from the movie Airplane 2, the sequel. A t-shirt with Danny Glover's face on it that reads the famous line from Lethal Weapon declaring that he is too old for this shiz. Or you can choose an Anaheim Angels Rally Monkey Chia Pet. A vintage McDonald's cup promoting the Dukes of Hazard by printing Uncle Jesse's face on it. The three exclamation points in the listing description seems a little overkill for this auction. A custom made 
quote, <laughs> action figure of the comb from Spaceballs. The package has a standard hair comb and the graphic on the card has two guys combing the desert with their hair pick and a dialogue bubble quoting, we ain't found shiz. This is not official as we found out earlier. But those are your choices. Or you can take what's inside this box. Yeah. Show you with the box, what was in the box? So you can choose. We had a listener ask to shake things up a little bit and we're doing a, let's make a deal. So you can either take the sure thing of a listing bid or you can take what's in this mystery box. Anything could be in this box. What's in the box? What's it gonna be, um, Jason? No, I, I've already picked it out. Okay. Yeah. I, I want the airplane two poster. Airplane two poster? Okay. Once I place yeah. the bid, you can't go back. Just a reminder. I'm good. Okay. Let's go. Let's place this bid. What was in the box? <laughs> What's in the fucking box? Inside the box was an audio cassette of the judges singing a karaoke version of We Built This City by Starship. Here's a little taste. Mark Holy plays the member. Listen to the radio. Don't you remember? We built this city. We built this city. On rock and roll. That could have been yours, Jason, but instead you chose to take the bid. I'm gonna place a bid. One dollar. We are the high bidder. Congratulations at one dollar. Yeah. If this bid holds up, I will buy this for you and have this shipped out to you. Eight dollars right. shipping. Yeah, it's a big poster. It's a full size big deal. Yeah. So congratulations, Jason. This will remain on my watch list, and we will update the listeners uh, if you win. Last episode's winner of the game was Loy, and he actually won the auction. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, I just noticed something. There's a page two uh, to this. There, there just happens to be a page two on this watch list. I forgot to click over to it, but what was this? Oh, sorry, this is an eight-day, seven-night vacation for two to the island of Bora Bora uh, in French Polynesia, Tahiti. You and a guest would have stayed in the deluxe overwater villa. Uh, this package includes meals, activities, and airfare. And the starting bid was $10,900. Sorry, I uh, I forgot to click over onto the page two oh, of the watch yeah, list. That's, that's right. a... <laughs> well, we already placed our bid. I'm sorry, Jason. I, st I still would have gone with the poster. I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Thank you for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices in your podcasting enjoyment, and it is simply amazing that you've chosen to spend a little time on our little show. Thank you so very much. If you like the show, you can join us on Facebook and our Facebook group of the same name. We post fun Gen X content there every day, and the community gets into some lively topics that I'm sure you're going to enjoy. If you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash who will save Gen X. Contributions there go directly towards keeping the show going, offering better prizes for the contestants, and all-around improvement for future episodes. At our Patreon site, you'll find special offers for becoming a contributor to the show, so take advantage of those if you're interested. If you like what we're doing here and you want to save Gen X from being forgotten and can contribute, that'd be great. Otherwise, please consider us next time. I'm just so happy you're listening to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you once again to our guests, Jason and Jeff. Jeff, do you have anything you want to plug or shout-outs you want to give before we go? I just want to say that I want to thank my brother, brother. for being there for me. No matter what, we've had our issues, but anytime I need him, he's there and all that stuff. And so I want to say a special shout out to my brother, Joe. Brother. 
Jason's the Jason's the he he's the bee's knees. Cast pajamas, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I love you. This is this is super fun. And a shout out to my kid. It's Father's Day. I didn't see him, but I love you. To my father, I love you. You've been there for me, thick and thin. I love you. Happy Father's Day. There it is. Great. Yeah, Pat's a good dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you Zabe for doing this this is super fun I had a blast I'm so glad so, you're on the show Jeff and, and I'm yeah. glad you had a good time but I'm a little, had, a little mad at you for, for not beating Jason and dysfunctional family feud so am I but you know it's alright well thanks so much for being and, on the show uh, I love you Jay love you too man and uh, Jason before we leave, you got anything you want to shout out or plug? A uh, shout out to my wife. Um, tomorrow Absolutely. is our 13th anniversary. It's been pretty amazing. We've uh, been through quite a bit together already. Hopefully a lot of that is behind us now. And we've got two great kids. We are uh, just, I, I love her to death. And I'm so happy that she... Uh, eventually said yes after telling me no about six times i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) shauna i love you i can't imagine life without you zay i appreciate you having me on again it was a lot of fun i'm glad this time i i won yeah well pleasure's mine thank you jason for being on the show again before we go i'd like to leave you with a cliffhanger question if you know the answer please reach out to me on our facebook group page or you can email me at who will say gen x at gmail.com also if you have any feedback for the show or would like to submit a trivia question or segment idea you can also reach the show at that address as well if we use your question on the show we'll be sure to give you a shout out you can check out the show notes if you need that address and now this episode's cliffhanger question is what was the name of the interior decorating firm the four women on designing women worked at correct answers to the cliffhanger question will be put in a drawing for an upcoming prize at a later date last episode's cliffhanger question has been posted on the facebook group page so you can find out all the details there well that's it for this episode thanks again for checking out the show we welcome you to subscribe to the show for future episodes where we will once again ask the question who will save generation x later going to make espresso before you die there is something you should know about us lone star what i am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate what's that make us absolutely nothing Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.